No mai, haere mai, ki tēnei hōtaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Kia mai tono mai koutou katoa, coming up on the programme, it's International Women's Day and a new report in Women and Property has just been released, what does it show? And equity in healthcare. Associate Professor Kelly Borrows says that women have made strides in almost all aspects of society, yet still discriminated against in healthcare. We discussed that uh, at 4.35 today. And the issue of tax and how to make it fairer has been a topic of the moment, hasn't it? Our guest today says New Zealand is an outlier in one aspect of tax. We tax income. We tax consumption. We do not tax wealth. And is the public service in New Zealand a consultant-rich culture? Do we need to do more in-house? We get our panel's take on that. And why can't we have a US-style home loan system? Why are Americans able to fix for 30 years? Imagine fixing for 30 years. Fix and forget. With me this afternoon, Ali Jones, Papua New Guinea's Central Community Board Member. Ali, kia ora. Good to have you back. Kia ora, Wallace. Great to be back. Are you, were you, you know, you're a census NZ collector too, aren't you? I am. I uh, had a little break in my PR work and I uh, am contracted to them for five weeks. So I put my little hivers on this morning and my ID and headed off to the hotels. To, yeah, I've been working hotels this morning. It's not often you get to say that. Uh, and so I was out doing that and it's been wonderful meeting people. Really how, loving it. How was it? It was really good. I met um, a group of people from the Netherlands, and they were saying they don't do censuses there. I met five Hang or on. six. What? What did you say? Did I say censuses? No, they what? don't do censuses. They don't do a censi. <laughs> Steve, welcome. <laughs> You're the lecturer. What am I saying here? Censuses. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how, how good... Ali, Ali, good to see you, by the way. How are you? <laughs> you too, Steve. Good. I haven't seen you in ages. No, I still can't but, see uh, you. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, anyway. stop. Okay. I okay. want to know why they don't do censuses and where. No, look, well, I, they were from I, the Netherlands. So I, I thought we were back on, on, on declining sec, first declension Latin nouns here. <laughs> you what? Sensor, 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 sensor. Seriously, I mean, I, I... Text me. What am I doing wrong? 2101. Is it censuses? Sensei? Send some. Send some. <laughs> Send okay. some now. We'll, we'll talk about uh, that later on, Ali. Uh, we have yep. Steve McKay because I do want to get to this because uh, this is fascinating. Tuhara Otago Museum has been donated, get this, 55,000 new butterflies and moths to add to its natural science collection, making it the biggest collection in the country. The donation was made by semi-retired consultant ecologist Brian Patrick, who has dedicated the last 50 years to building his collection uh, and he's been collecting butterflies and moths since he was seven now I lately did a story on this but we're going to Brian the collector uh, Brian it's lovely to have you with us it's a pleasure to be with you is this true you've been collecting since you were seven yes and I've got the notes to prove it I, I didn't have a computer in those days so I just took notes and drew pictures of what I saw and uh you know, so yes, I've been, and all my diaries, all those handwritten diaries are all in the Otago Museum now too, about 14 of them. Oh. And uh, now everything's computerised, of course, a bit boring now, but in the early days I just drew things. I just made drawings of what I saw, and I bred the caterpillars out to see what, what caterpillar fed on what plant and what butterfly or moth uh, it turned into. So it was really fun. This uh, is amazing. I so, that. I did that... it in the school grounds when I was young, I did it in the 
family holidays into central Otago, wherever. I just did it. It was all-consuming, and it still is. In fact, as I understand it, you are, as we speak, out on a field trip right at this moment. Absolutely. I'm using my semi-retirement to even do more field trips <laughs> possible than before. So I'm up to about trip 4,000. I think the last one I wrote last night was 4,512. 4,512. Extraordinary. Um, Brian, we have a panel with us. Uh, 55,000 new butterflies and moths donated uh, to Otago. Ali Jones. Well, what I'd be interested in, in knowing, uh, Brian, is I think the longitudinal um, value of your collection has been highlighted in the story I read. Can you explain the relevance of that in such a big collection? Well, the, the collection, because I've travelled a lot and made done all those expeditions, there's obviously a bias to where you live in southern New Zealand, but I've done the whole country and the Pacific and other parts of the world as well, and that all those resulting specimens have gone to the Targa Museum. And remember, this collection adds to what... I, I worked at the Targa Museum for 12 years, and I left when I left there in 2006, I left a collection to that point with them as well. So there's more than 55,000 of my specimens in the Targa Museum. There's just 55,000 lately have gone there. Amazing. 55,000, you could say, plus all the records. Because they don't collect everything you see, of course. Some are photographed, some are just recorded, some are uh, are just noted. And I keep extensive diaries and look for patterns. I'm I'm wanting to to see what plants things are associated with. I'm going to see what habitats are associated with and all those sort of things, and, and to know whether they need management or whether we just leave them alone. Right, I Steve. What was Department of Conservation and Councils making sure that we fill in all those gaps? And still tons we don't know, but we're learning. I think this is wonderful. It's absolutely delightful that, that somebody has identified uh, a passion and then had the energy and the opportunity to pursue it for, I'm sorry, how long? Um, like an incredibly long... How long, how long Brian? I would say over 60 years. See, that's wonderful. Yeah, this is just, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm 68 now and uh, just recently retired. So I'm sort of semi-retired. I've still got a few jobs I'm doing, you know, things I pick and choose. with a passion and I work for a wildland as a consultant. And, uh, but, you know, I, yeah, I just love doing it. I just love getting out there. I love meeting the people. Yes. Explaining to them the connections of nature and the relevance of nature to people's lives, all those things. So, well, can I just say, Brian... Um, and it's part, probably part to your amazing work as the sort of foundational work. Uh, I took my, um, we took our little boy to the butterfly arena, if you like, or the butterfly domain in the Otago Museum where you can actually go into this uh, temperate or tropical environment. And it just, you could see his face come alive. We spent hours. I was in a hot yeah, sweat. wonderful? I was so yeah. pleased that we did that together with the museum. It opened in, in uh, sort of late 2006, but, uh, yeah, I got the idea from uh, seeing a butterfly house in Singapore. Then this was your, that was your idea? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I take my hat off to you. I was project manager it through to its opening in 2007, and uh, when I moved to Christchurch, uh, Science Alive got hold of me and said, let's build one here. And so we were in the planning stages, and suddenly, I don't know why, they all got made redundant. So the idea lapsed. But there are people around Christchurch saying, Brian, don't forget that idea. We're still going to do it. Have you Did you see it at Changi Airport? Did you see it at Changi Airport, Brian? Yes. That, yeah. uh, uh, yes. Hang on. You don't mean the plan got... about 25 of them around the world. 
Mm. And uh, I brought the best ideas back, and I had a director who said, Brian, the budget's not a problem. You give us the <laughs> idea, and we'll build it. And that's why we built such a good one at the Otago Museum. It's really worth you know, going to yeah. see, Steve. I still do all the paperwork for them. I keep them legal. I still do the paperwork. Right. Good. Good. The, the yeah. plans for the other one didn't get mothballed, did it? Oh, nice. good dish. That's well done. Very good. I'm sorry. Well done. It's humour. We have humour sometimes on the show, Brian. Yes. And Steve <laughs> uh, has brought that in. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. You're too kind. I, I try to keep a balance with my with my study of nature too. You've got to keep a balance, and <laughs> I enjoy having a laugh with people. I love. I, I well, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> yeah. I love meeting people. Yeah, I Brian. Um, I, I just I want to talk to people, and I learn from them because I can't be everywhere seeing everything. So people teach me a lot as well both at my talks and out in the field. Well, so I, I sense... People and, and understanding what their perception of nature is and the connections between plants and insects and rocks and insects. I feel a butterfly's part two coming on with you because I, there are so many more um, questions I want to ask you, Brian. I can tell yeah. 50 years on you have that passion. But just as a personal note, thank you. Oh. It was one of the days of, that we'll always remember, the day we went to Otago Museum and went to the, into the oh. tropics to see the butterflies, and that was all down to you. Nice. Very good. That's Brian uh, there who, uh, Brian Patrick, uh, a semi-retired consultant ecologist. Have you been to the Butterfly uh, Building, I guess, at Otago Museum? Um, Germany doesn't really do censuses either. They do once in a blue moon and everyone gets up in arms about it. And censuses <laughs> is the English plural, so definitely a le- legitimate mm-hmm. version. It could also be sensi, provided it's Latin, but I'm not sure what the origin is. Okay, it's time for I've Been Thinking. Ali Jones, what's your IBT today? Well, I've been thinking about uh, when I first saw IBT in the email, I thought it was something to do with irritable bowel, so I had to go back and check <laughs> that just to make sure I got it right. Um, now, what I've been thinking about, and apologies to you, and I think Jesse had a bit on his show as well, but I've heard bugger all about International Women's Day today. I know you've got a lot coming up on the programme today, so that's great, Wallace. Um, you know, if it was International Men's Day, we'd probably have a day off, uh, or maybe just the men would have a day off. God knows they need it. Um, oh, we but do, we, we have. Do. We still have such a long way to go. I read Nikki Bazant's piece. Uh, it's excellent, actually, on the RNZ website. Yes. Take a look if you have a chance. And it talks about you know things like 50 years on from the Equal Pay Act, women still on average earn 9% less than men. And it gets worse for us as we get older. And Asian, Māori and Pacifica women have an extra disadvantage. And the, the percentage that they're out of pocket by Pacifica women is 27%. So, you know, we do have a long way to go. But on the lighter side, otherwise you'd just end up having conniptions, I know, thinking about all that stuff. I've been thinking about which five women I would invite to dinner, dead or alive, Ooh. famous or not well known. And the five I came up with, and it took a long time Amy Winehouse, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Kate Shepherd, Lucille Ball, and my late mother, because I miss her every day. But I thought that was a pretty good combination. So I'd love to hear what other people or which oh. five women from history, dead or alive, famous or not well known, um, would invite, they would invite to dinner. Women, That's famous amazing. Women. Let's start now and just give us one and why. Text me at 2101. What uh, a famous woman, or otherwise, or not, would you like to invite to dinner? They can be dead or alive, famous or not well known. 2101. That's wonderful, Ali Jones. Thank you. Uh, Steve McCabe, I've been thinking. Well, I've actually been thinking uh, about the census, Ali, because, um, you know, I'm not Dutch. And so my <laughs> wife and I were filling in the census form um, a couple of days ago, and there was one question in there that, that, that really struck us really hard. A simple question that says, is your house damp? 
And and my wife in particular, being being American, was was utterly stunned by this question. It's like you know, it would, she she said it was like asking you know, do, does your house have a hole in the roof? What and and so we got thinking, and and she actually messaged a couple of her American friends who live in America, and they were all saying, well, why on earth would you ask a question like that? And and it just occurred to us that that it made us realise just how absolutely normalised the idea of damp cold, wet, mouldy houses has become internalised in this country. It's just one of those things that we deal with. It's like Americans and shootings. It's like if only there was something we could do about it, but it's just simply a natural part of life that we have to deal with. How did New Zealand reach the stage where damp, cold, wet, rainy, unhealthy housing, inadequate housing stock is just something we live with. How did we get there? And to the point where it's now, as you say, part of a question yeah. and census. Needless to say, Ali, it'll be, they'll be able to glean significant information from that, won't they? Yeah, well, there's another question in there as well that actually says, do, if you do have a damp house, is there anywhere where you have a piece of mould that's bigger than a size of A4 paper? So yeah, they're actually bizarre, trying to... Isn't it? Yeah, they're trying to find out how much of a problem it is too. Ali, I'd like to just uh, announce right now that we have had an amazing response to what uh, woman, dead or alive, famous or otherwise, would you invite to dinner? Um, someone says, Margaret Thatcher... Uh, one oh, says, only if she's paying though <laughs> Another one says Dinner with Laurie Anderson Very interesting oh, Very she'd interesting. be great yeah. yep. uh, Love this dinner idea Says someone fabulous Mine will be Jane Goodall um, Because despite all of the things She's seen over the years She's still so positive And hopeful for our future She is an inspiration And another one says Patty Smith Which woman uh, Famous or otherwise Would you invite Tadana, text me, 2101. Ellie Jones, Steve McCabe on the panel on RNZ National.